You're listening to Blissful Prospecting, and today we're talking to Scott Lees about leadership during crisis. One thing I've been talking a lot about since the coronavirus and the COVID-19 stuff started was really this concept that, you know, because a lot of us were wondering and a lot of people that I saw on LinkedIn, should I prospect right now? And one of the big reasons after my conversation with Jeff Bajoric, uh, the last guest on the episode was really around leadership and around prospects needing your guidance right now. And the reason why I wanted to interview our guest today, Scott Lease, is that He's been a VP of sales six times, a very, very successful VP of sales six times. And he works with and consults with VPs of sales and sales leaders at some of the top you know, software and, and tech companies in the world right now. So I wanted to get his take on leadership because I, I run a small business. You know, I'm not leading teams of salespeople or advising people uh, from a leadership standpoint on sales. So it was really interesting because I wanted to get his perspective on this. And one of the things that we're going to talk about is why Scott doesn't believe that the best indicator of someone's future is their past. So he digs into a little bit about how he selects people and how he's advised the companies that he works with on how to hire, which I thought was really interesting. He's going to share a winning strategy for leadership. Empathy, just so you know, is that really the core of that strategy, but he's going to really dig into some stuff there. And then the other thing we talked a lot about was why being positive isn't the best advice that you can give your team right now. I think you're really going to dig this episode. Uh, Scott, there's prepare for some profanity, both on his part <laughs> and my part. So, But we really get into some good stuff that I think you're going to get a ton of value from. Go and check out the show notes at blissfulprospecting.com slash podcast. And while you're at it, uh, we're trying to get some more reviews in the podcast so that we can continue getting on great guests like Scott. So if you could go to blissfulprospecting.com slash podcast, there'd be a little link there to uh, check out the iTunes and leave a quick review. And without further ado, let's get to the interview. So uh, one thing that stuck out to me when we first met, I don't know if you remember, you're wearing a Greta Van Fleet shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do remember that now. Now I have Bob Marley shirt on. I like this rock concert like theme, theme <laughs> yeah. rock, rock t-shirts is all I wear. One thing I didn't get to ask you, because we talked about so so many different stuff, is what what music are you listening to these days? Because that's one thing I think we definitely have in common is there, our interest in, in music, especially rock yeah. music. <clears throat> Man, um, I've, I've shifted a little bit. I've been listening to a lot of reggae the last week in really? particular. Like, yeah, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, because I'm just trying to, like, stay positive as much as I can. It's yeah. like damn near impossible to be depressed for me when I'm listening to that kind of, that kind of music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the world, the world needs Bob Marley now more than ever, man. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I, I, uh, I listen to a lot of like punk rock kind of music, like okay. messengers and, <clears throat> uh, this new group I'm super into right now is called Spanish love songs. And, uh, I listen to a lot of like Kill Switch Engage and oh, okay. Rise Again, Rise Against, and so some heavy Alkaline, stuff tri- Alkaline Trio and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, you know, old school classics like still I still listen in heavy rotation to 
you know, my, my nineties rock that I grew up on and sixties and seventies rock. That was like part of my youth and shit. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, music is always on for me. It's yeah. really hard for me to work with no music. To be honest Dude, I'm the same way. I work with my wife, yeah. Sarah. Yeah, and she does not listen to music, but I constantly, uh, the thing I always come back to is Van Halen and Def Leppard are usually two pretty highly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we could go into, we could sweet. have a whole podcast talking about Sammy versus David Lee Roth, uh, oh <laughs> which version of Van Halen. But um, the reason why I brought this up is I thought <sighs> before we dig into like all the heavy stuff uh, currently going on, um, what made me think of Greta Van Fleet is that they're like these young kids that yeah. get a lot of shit from people about sounding too much like Led Zeppelin or like, Hey, why are they so popular? They're a copycat. And I think they're just getting shit because they're young. And one thing I noticed just in the little interaction I've had with you and also looking at your content is you really stand up for like salespeople, especially like young, like SDRs. Do you kind of feel like that's maybe a little similar just based on your experience around people not taking salespeople seriously a lot just because they're like young? and might not have experience. And I think they could take advantage of them. Has that ever been something that you've seen or noticed? Oh yeah, uh, for sure. It happens all the time, <clears throat> you know, even from compensation perspective to lack of training perspective, but it's, it's not so much to me about the, the age. It's just like, th there's a part of me that is kind of here to defend people who, kind of can't defend themselves yet in a way. Mm -hmm. and, and like, I, I love just kind of rallying all the people that everybody else threw by the wayside. You know, I mean, I've, I've hired, <clears throat> I've hired and built companies and succeeded with people who have mental health issues, substance abuse issues, alcohol issues, relationship issues, trouble staying in and out of the, out of jail and above the law and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, so many people ended up in sales because they're just a misfit on some level or another and didn't fit in anywhere else, you know? Um, and so I kind of, you know, try to stand up for some of these, these people. And, uh, you know, I can remember even being like <clears throat> in junior high and, and high school and, um, you know, people would get, picked on and and what have you and like i kind of just sort of fit in everywhere not really fit in any one particular place so i would i would defend like the nerd getting picked on a little yeah. bit you know i don't know what it what it is or where it came from maybe i have a little bit of a hero complex or something um <clears throat> but yeah so you know uh, your friend the music could probably help us with that help you diagnose oh yeah <laughs> get all Freud on me. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm like to a lot of therapy a, as well, actually. So <laughs> yeah. from a musical perspective, it's like, you know, I, I fucking love Led Zeppelin, man. And yeah, it, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me in a lot of ways, like how rock and rock and roll has kind of not disappeared, but it, it's like the evolution of it. There's a lot of rock that I don't really love. And then there's just so much like, hip hop influence everywhere and rap. And like, I don't, I don't listen to that stuff very often, you know? Yeah. And so this band came along out of Michigan and it's these like 20 year old kids. And it sounds like Led Zeppelin. I'm like, Oh my fucking God, yeah. you are here to save me. 
musically. So I'm I'm here for that, man. I don't I don't give a shit what anybody anybody says. I I love it. Yeah. Well, this topic of like the misfits is kind of interesting because a lot of the you know, at least the rock that I listened to the '70s and '80s, a lot of these people were kind of the misfits when they were in high school. Like Eddie Van Halen was is the yeah. biggest nerd ever, right? This is a guy. He I just hear stories of him talking about how he would play his guitar for 14, 15 hours a day when he was a teenager and in high school, while his brother Alex Van Halen, the drummer in Van Halen, was out you know partying and trying to hook up and all that other stuff. So this like concept of the misfits is really interesting. I mean. Um, why don't you think that people take, why don't you think that sales leaders take more chances on people that don't fit the prototypical A-type extroverted, probably man in most cases these days, uh, why don't you think that people take more chances on, on people? And is that even taking a chance? I might even be kind of judging, um, that a little bit. Um, I mean, I think, I think, I think it is taking a chance. A yeah. little bit, but we take it. Okay. We take a chance on everybody, you know. It might just be a slightly larger chance, you know. Um, a lot of people are heavily influenced by what other people have done in their past. People who are super into resumes and like previous results as the indicator of future success. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I don't buy that. Um, why, why do they think that way, or why is it so common? I mean, I think it's been preached for a long time and kind of pushed on them. Uh, you know, as somebody who's been a, a VP of sales many times over, um, you know, the pressure that is put on you um, is extreme and, and, and it can cause you to skew decisions towards the, the safer side um, <clears throat> to not make waves in the organization or to please the people above you, maybe. Um, I think that that, that plays a part. Um, I, I know. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I. I wish more people would give people their first shot at particular roles, whether it's a SDR role, AE role, manager role, VP role, all the way up the board. Um, <clears throat> but I, I will say that I think that this is slowly becoming a lot less of a problem than it was when I when I first started. Um, it's still a problem, yes, but you know, th there's a there's a lot of companies and places that I can cite now that, you know, have this kind of band of misfits mentality, and some of the sales leaders yeah. have, you know, I use this term degenerate all the time, just in, in kind of fun inner circles with my my friends and colleagues and whatnot. And it's like, yeah. you know, he's like ex-degenerate you know reform i think somebody told me that they were a reformed regenerate a reformed <laughs> degenerate degenerate just like you scott and i'm like yeah. that's fair I, I, i'll take I, that yeah i like that yeah <laughs> uh, so um you mentioned like the safe making the safe decision and that's maybe kind of a, a good segue into what's going on right now and hopefully when this comes out this wasn't just some topical thing that was like a two or four weeks uh, you know um, fluke, which I don't think it will be, but, um, what do you think as a leader right now, do you think that people are doing the safe thing and afraid to like stand up for what they believe in is right? And I know that before we started recording, you have, 
give sort of mixed opinions like on what to do, you know, right now and, and, and that kind of thing. But from yeah. a leadership standpoint, do you think people are just playing it really safe and not really doing the the right thing? I, I don't think I can make a generalization like that. I've seen yeah. some people I've seen some people do some things that really um are kind of leading from the front, I think. Mm. Um, and, and we're seeing, unfortunately, a lot more things that are just disgusting to me, frankly, um, with majority of staff being laid off, like already like preventative kind of measures and things like that. Um, you know, I, I, I think that the, how would I, I mean, I don't have a team right now, first of all. So there's a part of me that feels pretty darn fortunate that I walked away and have been doing my own thing for the last six months. Um, Walked away when I did, because I only have to worry about myself and my family right now. I don't have 200 salespeople or people in my departments, you know, working for me and, and looking to me and leaning on me for advice and shit, because fuck, man, I don't exactly know what the right thing to do is, you know, and I'm, I'm very, I'm very put off right now by people who are proclaiming to know the right thing to do. Um, I'm going back and forth between, you know, look, man, we got to keep things going as best we can business as usual type behavior, change messaging, but don't change, um, you know, approach and metrics and things like that. And then there's other part of me that's like, you know, if I fast forward a hundred years in the future and I'm a historian looking back on this era, like are people going to shame us and judge us? Cause we were worried about hitting a fucking quota. Like there's, should we really be worrying about our, our sales number and our job, you know, right now and not, and not our health and not the, the global community and the responsibility that we have to each other to, to, you know, come together in kindness and, and, uh, camaraderie and global community I'm, I'm going i go i'm going back and forth man and um you know i don't i don't fully know the answer and i think a lot of leaders are doing some of that dance the, the ones that are frustrating to me are the ones that feel sort of tone deaf and and they're just you know hacking staff you know preemptively like there's an organization here in town that just laid off like 90 percent of their their staff here in Austin. And uh, it's just impossible for me to accept or believe that their economics have tanked in a span of two weeks, let's call it quarantine. You're not doing that. You're hacking that because you're future forecasting, right? And you have this particular amount of cash that you've raised, and you're going to hoard that particular cash. And this is a very like venture capitalistic kind of mindset and you know all i can think is man who the fuck is going to want to go work for your organization again when and if all this is over because everybody knows how you how you treated all these people right why would i ever why would i ever go back and work for that particular company again and i would hope that all those people blast the message out avoid these people because this is how little they cared about you and, you know, I, I think character is revealed in crisis, you know, um, I've, I've been in crisis big time, you know, health wise, 
um, many, many times over. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I just think that people have got to find a way to help and support each other. Um, you know, now kind of more than ever. Um, and that to me is just as close to a winning strategy as I can think of. It's difficult for me to imagine scenarios where putting others before yourself and doing whatever you can to help out your, you know, fellow teammate, fellow, you know, man, so to speak, um, backfires on you and doesn't reward you and doesn't make you feel good. You know, one of the best things you can do when you're down in the dumps is to go out and serve others and help other people. Um, you know, they, they, in, if you've ever been depressed, they tell you, find a way to, you know, go help somebody. Yeah. If you've ever been suicidal, they tell you, you know, try to find a way to go be in the service of others to give yourself meaning. Um, if, you, if you've ever been, you know, a drug addict, they tell you, find something to look forward to that doesn't have anything to do with using things like that. So serving others, helping people, helping them get by, helping them sell, listening to them and just being a sounding board or letting them vent. To, to me, that feels like the closest thing to a winning leadership strategy um, that I can think of right now. You know, yeah. am I right? Fuck if I know, man. But that that just feels right to me right now. Yeah, I love that um, you're so responsible in the advice that you give because people do really listen to to you. You based on your experience and the platform that you have. I that's one thing that I've always sort of admired about your content, man. Is you're very responsible with your words and and don't say that you know something if you don't, but you're trying to be as helpful as possible. And I, yeah, I think there could be more of that right now, man. Um, I want to ask you though about, you said lend an ear and like listen and that kind of stuff. And that's the thing that I've really been stressing as well when people ask me, because I see this be positive bullshit. I think it is where it's like, that's just the answer. A rep comes to you and they're concerned about their job. And all you say is just, well, you got to be positive. We'll get through this. It's like, yeah, that doesn't really fucking help me, you know, like, yeah. and you're basically <laughs> dismissing legitimate fear that I have over my job security and being able to pay rent and like all this other stuff. So what are your thoughts on that? Where it's just like, Hey, be positive, you know, keep your head up. Like, I, I feel like there's just way too much of that shit on LinkedIn, especially yeah. right now. It's just empty. It's just such empty advice. Well, that that's what it is. You hit the nail on the head is that it's empty. There's no, there's no heart in it. There's no character in it whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> so it's absolutely meaningless and it's dismissive of somebody's feelings. You don't get to tell me, you know, how I'm feel and how I'm supposed to be feeling. You know, I don't control you. In, in, in that way, none of us control, control each other. So, if, you know, if, if somebody, if you were my rep right now or my manager or my employee <clears throat> and you came up to me and, and, you know, were asking me these questions about, you know, your job or, or your family or just if we were just having a conversation about what the fuck is going on in the world and the numbers that we're seeing and the mortality rate and whatever, like, man, my job as, as a leader in particular <clears throat> is to shut up and listen. My job is to be that sounding board and that place where you can go and let these things out, uh, you know, without, without judgment, 
without repercussions, um, without me just preaching at you, you know, my own kind of philosophy, right? And so I, I would encourage people to to just listen to their employees and 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 uh, recognize and meet them in their in their pain or whatever emotion that they're in, right? <clears throat> like I, I I hear you, I see you feeling this particular way. Sounds like you're you know going through some shit right now. And then you got to be willing to reveal some of who you are and show some of your vulnerability as well. You know, I, nobody needs a, yeah. a Corona what's, tough guy right what's now. What's appropriate man. with that? Like, uh, cause that's something that what's not, well, I, I was like, what's I, not? I openly talk about, dude, I'm anxious as hell right now with our yeah. business because we deliver a lot of training in person. Um, it's about building pipeline, right? Outbound. That's not what people are thinking about right now, you know? So I've been pretty public about the fact that I feel anxious and that you should be open about that, but that's just what my gut tells me. And that's what I learned in therapy (laughs) that I should do, you know? So like, how is there a line that a leader can cross where they might cause more fear or panic maybe than is necessary by being, can you be too, too vulnerable, I guess, or. Well, I think, I think it's how you back that message up. Right. So, you know, I'm listening to you and, and you're, very candidly talking about being anxious about your, your business because of like the market you're in and, and how you deliver, you know, your trainings and make money and things like that. Um, and I, and I think if you had employees and you just said that and left it alone, that's what, that's what brings fear and passes that anxiety on down. I think if you mention all these things <clears throat> and then say, here's what I'm doing and here's what I think we should do in order to overcome that, in order to survive it, in order to get around it, what to buy us time, whatever. Right. So you might say, you know, to your employees, Hey guys, like in all honesty, you know, I'm nervous about, you know, the next six months, X, Y, Z feelings are running through my head. Here's what I'm thinking right now. Right. How can we find a way to pivot some of our trainings from being in person to virtual? And I've built a couple of these already, and I think this is going to work, and I, I feel pretty good about it. Here's what else we're going to double down on. Here's what I'm doing to take care of myself. I'm going to therapy. I encourage you to go to therapy as well. I'm still finding ways to you know, exercise, still finding ways to commune with friends and family and whatnot. <clears throat> and to me, I think that that dispels and disperses um, the anxiety, right? And so I think that the, the difference is if I just say, man, I'm fucking, I'm freaked out about all this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I just leave it alone and I leave it alone and I don't offer any, any plans or any strategies, right? Or any advice. Then, it, then it's just, I think, destructive. Yeah. And, and that, that to me is where it, it crosses the line. I love that. So yeah, that's really helpful advice, man, because I think a lot of people, and I'm just going by the a few conversations that I've had with sales leaders and also what I see on LinkedIn, um, where people are just like, uh, oh, actually, did you see the Marriott, I forget his name, uh, CEO and president, that video that was going around that he put out to his company? No. Oh, I, I thought it was... Seen. Oh, it's really good. I'll have to send it over to you. But 
I thought he did such a good job of just being straight up about the fact that he was straight up about the numbers, how many people that they've had to um, put on leave, how many locations are not uh, opened and that, that kind of thing. But what he also talked about was he's like, and I, by the way, I'm not taking any pay um, for the rest of the year. Our executive team's pay is being cut in half and we're going to do our best to like keep everyone around like that kind of a thing. And he, yeah. like, he almost started crying in the message. And I thought it was like, Oh God, like that's, that's someone that I would want to work for. He's letting his emotions out and talking to and being real, but he's also talking about what the game plan is like to your point yeah. of what they're going to do to try to turn this thing around, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I kind of feel like that, that might be the best answer anyone has right now. Yeah. You know? So yeah. what, what are, um, if you were working with, uh, you know, sales leaders, you know, anyone that's a director, VP of sales, that kind of thing. Is there any type of... I work with a bunch right now, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. What are you advising them in terms of... Uh, obviously, there's not a step-by-step plan that's going to work for everyone. But in terms of to get their mind thinking about the questions they should be asking themselves, uh, you know, when selling during... I don't, I don't want to call it a pandemic necessarily, but it's definitely uncertain. Um, right now, mm-hmm. is there anything that comes to mind for you in terms of what you would say or ask of them to get their mind thinking uh, a little more creatively about how to handle it and navigate through the situation? Well, you know, I, I put a number of different thoughts, excuse me, a <coughs> uh, number of different thoughts out there, but, um, you know, some of the, some of the key things is you got to lead from a place of, of trust rather than control. Um, you got to try to avoid micromanaging and being like heavily reliant upon meetings. You got to be really quick to communicate and respond back to people. You can't leave people hanging. You just constantly have to be asking, what can I do to to help you? You've got to recognize that people really are dealing with some serious shit right now and everybody's going to be responding to it a different way, right? I mean, if you're somebody who's never dealt with serious illness or death or trauma before, you might have this real tough guy kind of mentality, like the fuck is wrong with all these people, right? Well, mm-hmm. I spent four years in the hospital, okay? I've had nine surgeries, four life-saving surgeries. Um, I've had 20 years every day of pain where I'm, you know, the, one of my favorite bands, Spanish Love Songs, has this quote that says, on any given day, I'm a six of 10. And I'm like, fuck, man, that's me right there. On a good day, like I feel like a six out of 10, right? And so this shit, this shit hits me very differently. And it's, and it's really, it's real. So I think you got to meet people, you know, kind of where they're at and, uh, and where they, and what their feelings are. Um, I think you've absolutely got to change the messaging in your approaches. These, these tone deaf messages that, you know, ignore what's going on completely or try to make jokes or light of it. Um, I just don't think are the right way to, to go about it um, at all. I think you've got to lean heavily into your customer base and, and supporting them and help keep them thriving and succeeding. It's, you know, it's, that's kind of, it's much easier to keep a deal than it is to get a new one, right? So what can we do to lean into our current customer base? Um, I've, I've had conversations with some sales leaders and said, offer your sales team their time and energy and effort over to the customer success team. See if you can't help them and, and, and really, you know, double down on, on, 
you know, that kind of install base and maybe there's some additional revenue to surface from there. Um, these are some of the things that I've been, you know, talking about and, and kind of putting out there, um, you know, and, and I've also been telling them, go out there and find people to talk to, man, who are in similar situations, similar roles as you, whether that's a mentor or, you know, friend or family member or, you know, paid coach, whatever, you know, um, just be, be bold and, and just admit you, dude, you don't know what's going on and you, you're trying to get information from all different kind of, kind of sources, right? So th these are some of the things I've been telling the, the sales leaders and executives that I work with. Yeah, the customer success transition is, I've definitely seen that a lot in, in tech right now where yeah. they're moving <laughs> SDRs uh, completely into like a customer success you know, kind of role. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's smart right now, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, retaining uh, current revenue and uh, uh, God, I mean, that was the first thing I thought of right when all this stuff went down is I got to contact all of our customers that we're working with and anyone we just stopped working with recently and be a yeah. resource for them. Like they're wanting to know if they should prospect right now. That's the question everyone yeah. who has in their mind. That that, I, that, I mean, with. that's, that's the know? question. Like, I've been asked that question a hundred times, right? Should I be prospecting right now? And, you know, that's, uh, I think it depends on you and your situation and your company and if you're in charge versus somebody else being in charge you know yeah. um i'm fortunate enough to be in a particular situation where i feel like the right decision for me is not to prospect right now mm -hmm. um and so the only thing that i'm doing is talking to people who i already work with and trying to double and triple down on how i can help my my current customers and clients and you know kind of seeing what's going on with a couple of people who are deeply in the process with me already. And, and are we going to move forward or do we need to, to pause? And either answer is, is totally fine. Um, but I very much recognize that other people are not in that same you know, situation and they, and they have to prospect or feel like they have to prospect. And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I don't think there's anything wrong with prospecting right now for those people. I just think you've got to be smart about it, you know? Especially if your solution, if your product is like made for this moment, you know yeah. what I mean? Which like, a lot of them are. I've seen a lot oh, of these yeah. type of like where the use yeah. case is like, bam, it's made for this or it will help accelerate something they need yeah. to do right away. Yeah. How do yeah. you suggest, I, mean, I, I know that you're not the guy that's people hire to write cold emails and create talk tracks, but sales stories, if I remember correctly from our last conversation is like a big thing that you have done with companies is like, what's the story that, that we're telling? Like what would, yeah, well, I mean, I, I work on sales messaging with, with my clients all the time and, and sales scripts and pitch and demo decks and all this kind of, kind of yeah. stuff. So you're um, helping. Yeah. So you, uh, my bad. Yeah. So you are like heavily involved with the sales messaging. What, yeah. what, I, I, you know, without going into, Hey, a cold email should sound like this. Like what is the general approach do you think right now? And how much different is it than what people should already be doing anyways? Cause I keep hearing this empathy thing and I'm like, well, you should have empathy should be at the foundation of your sales approach anyways. Right. I mean, yeah, but so here's my, here's yeah. my problem with that. Here's my problem with that feedback though, is it, it basically puts negativity into something that somebody is trying to do that is positive. Right. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I go help, you know, an old person cross the street, and, and say like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a little kinder today. 
and somebody comes at me and is like, well, you should be kind every day, Scott, <laughs> yeah. right? How yeah. am I going to respond to that? How am I going to respond to that? Is, is that going to boost me in any way? Is that going to make me want to do it again? So yeah. I'm fucking tired of these people. I'm real tired of these people who are like, we should be behaving with empathy already. Don't criticize how somebody came to arrive at the right decision. Be happy that they've arrived at the right decision and support them in continuing down that path. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a real, I got a real bone to pick with, with some of that stuff, as you can, as you yeah. can tell. I think, you know, the right way to prospect right now is, Hey, Jason, hope everything's okay with you. You know, stay safe, stay, stay smart. How are things with your business right now? What, what's, what's the lay of the land? What's changing? What do you foresee changing? What are you struggling with right now? How can I help you? Are there resources that I might have at my disposal that I can send your way? Whether it's, you know, articles, podcasts, research, personnel, like whatever. I'm here to help you and here to, you know, support you. And uh, just wanted to let you know that. And like, that's, that's where I kind of, kind of start, you know, Um, that's, that's the general phrasing that I've been advising people to. to put into their prospecting efforts right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I hope people listen to, to this and, and stop and stop with the sanctimonious, like, oh, we should have been empathetic the whole time. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You know, we're 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 waking up now. Don't shit on everybody who who's waking up to it. Be happy that they're waking up to it and let and let's support them and help them lean into it more. Right? Yeah. No, I like that, man. Uh yeah, it's kind of hard not to do that sometimes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that, dude. Um, well, why is it hard not to do that? Well, it's it's hard for me. I preach empathy so much, dude. And I haven't been doing aggressively what you're talking about. But the post I put up yeah. today was something along the lines of like, hey, you guys, like empathy has kind of always been at the core here and we need to double down on this. I wasn't calling out people necessarily for that for feels, that feels different to just, me though. <clears throat> yeah, but it's, you know, I know what my intentions were though and my intention was to kind of poke people in the, you know, in the stomach a little bit and be like, "Hey guys, like we should have been yeah. doing this all along." Um yeah. so you give me a different perspective, man, that's and this is why I wanted to I was looking forward to this conversation too is because I questioned myself a lot because I also want to responsibly give people advice because I have a small platform, you know, of people that follow and listen to like what I have to say about this. And last thing I want to do is tell people to do something that uh, could endanger their business and the future of their business, you know? So um, no, I I think that's really good food for thought, you know, for people it's because it, and that's what I've always noticed about you is this coming together as a, you're very uh, community, like um, how can I help you? you know, sort of mentality, let's work together on this, which I think is more important now than it's ever been. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. But um, I'm, glad, I'm glad I could put a different perspective in your, in your ear. No, dude, it's cool, man. It's all, it's all good. I, I, uh, okay. So for a, for a business that is positioned really well, cause I, 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 I also am hearing this guilt with prospecting too, for a business that is positioned really well to help that there's an actual like clear cut use case for to the prospects they're reaching out to. Should you also be 
not like talking about your product necessarily and just coming from a, how can I help? Or cause I'm really balancing. It's like, dude, like we still, like, if you have a way to help people, I feel like you have a duty right now um, to at least make yeah. it known that you can help them. So what do you, what do you think is but the it, balance, it, man? I mean, I, I just think that even if your product can be super helpful to everybody right now, leading with your product <clears throat> is not the way to, not the way to go. Yeah. You know, the, the way to go is to, is to, see how people are doing, figure out what they're struggling with right now, right? Learn about their challenges and, and adjustments. And then if the, the match is there where your solution syncs up with their pain and their challenges, then you offer up, you know, how you can help and, and, and describe exactly, you know, how you do that, how your company does that, how the product works, other use cases and people who are using it. And I don't, I wouldn't feel guilty about that um, methodology or strategy whatsoever, not at all. Yeah. And if I was at a company like a Zoom or like a Slack, um, you know, any kind of collaboration platform or, um, you know, e-learning e or, or training platform, man, this is like, this is a particular moment in time where the universe has kind of opened up for you, you know, and, and you know, I've been reading a little bit and hearing stories about people who, you know, are getting more kind of inbounds than they can deal with and all that kind of thing. If I was a seller, I would be working like 24 hours a day. Yeah. I, I would, I would be leaning so far hard into, into this. Cause I would just be thinking, hopefully knock on wood, like hopefully this situation never happens again, you know, at least the way that it's come about. Um, would love to have it happen again <laughs> in a safer way for everybody. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's arguably a once in a lifetime kind of moment for some of these people. So I wouldn't feel guilty about it. I'd, I'd feel extremely blessed is how I'd feel. And, and I would refuse to squander a single moment of this opportunity because there are thousands upon thousands of people out there who would kill to be in your particular place. You know? Um, and so keeping that kind of perspective, I think, would, would help focus me and, and keep me, keep me motivated. Yeah. No, I like that. And like I said, I, that's, I'm seeing more of that actually than people prospecting and just being assholes about it. I'm seeing more people like really think yeah. about whether or not they should actually help people that they are in a position to really help because they feel like dirty doing it, which I think is good because they have a conscience, you know, and they're thinking yeah. about it. Um, one thing that I'm curious to get your feedback on, that I'm seeing some success with, uh, with fewer clients is like leading with this helping type of, uh, mentality. But what I'm advising them is like, talk to three or four of your customers first and figure out like what they're, how you can be helpful to them and then create some essentially yeah. best practices or insights from that. And then the call to action when you're prospecting is like, like, Hey, you know, this and this, and this is probably like, you're able to empathize a little bit better, yeah, you know, like totally. what's going on and then being like, Hey, totally, as you just, yeah, you okay. know, you know your IC, you know your ICP yeah. cold at that point in time. I completely agree. I completely agree with you. If you're in that position to be able to do that, that that's the right way to go. Cool. Yeah, because that's. <clears throat> I just like. I think the goal right now is to start a conversation. It's not to get a meeting. It's not to get a demo. It's just like, hey, can you actually genuinely be helpful to someone? And mm -hmm. dude, if I see another fucking person put together a coronavirus resource that's like one link on working from home, we talked about this. Like by not wearing pants, it's like, dude, that's not helpful to people right now. Yeah. It's not helpful yeah. at all. Like people need 
like above and beyond, like get into the actual problem that that person is facing right now. And it's not like working from home. That's like way too big of a, that's like saying I help companies that have a problem with prospecting to a VP of sales. And they're like, okay, you know, like that's not, <laughs> that's not a yeah. specific, uh, that's not very specific. Um, dude, I could go on and on about this, dude. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm with, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Um, okay. So any last, uh, before you take off here, any last thoughts on, you know, words of wisdom, advice, or just like something to think about uh, for people that are, because I, I think we're going to be, personally, I think that I'm no expert on coronavirus or the economy, but I think this is going to be something that really affects salespeople for for like the next year or two. Um, any words of wisdom, dude, anything before uh, before you take off here that you, know, you want people to think about? Um, you know, I, I, I have had, the question posed to me a few times from founders and, and executives, VPs of sales, like, how do I keep <clears throat> my people motivated? And uh, <clears throat> so my advice is actually for them. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, I actually think keeping people motivated is not at all the problem right now. I, I have yet to talk to anybody who's in a sales kind of role who feels unmotivated right now. In fact, I think people are more motivated maybe than they've ever been. I don't think anybody wants to lose their job right now. I think everybody is trying to, you know, hit numbers and, and get paid commission. So they have, you know, some semblance of control and stability, right. And can provide for the basic needs of themselves and, and their family. Um, don't need motivation. You know, they need support and they need, you know, a little bit of guidance here and there. They just need you to be like, how can I help you today, Jason? What do you need like right now? And what that thing is, is going to change, you know, hour by hour, maybe day by day, depending on the fucking news cycle right now. So, you know, I think don't is not leading from this place of control, but leading from this place of, of trust and support is huge. You know, um, I think your people are motivated. I think it's, it's your job to enable them as best you can um, to deal with the insane amount of pressure and stress that they're all under and, and, and try to support them and help them do, you know, the best job um, that they can. And, and that's, that's really my main point of emphasis, I think, right now. Yeah. Great advice, man. Um, where can people check your stuff out, follow you? I noticed you uh, get a pretty sweet website redesign too since the last time I checked it. So that's looking pretty cool. But where, where do you Thanks. want people to Appreciate go to check out your stuff? Oh, man. Uh, you know, LinkedIn is just the, the easiest, yep. safest place to find me. I'm, I'm super responsive. I, I literally respond to every single message that I get. And it's, worth it and, and I love it and I get dozens upon dozens if not hundred or more a day um, but I'll, 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 ne- I'll never stop so that's the easiest the easiest place you know I've, I've got other content out there obviously all the resources that can be found on my website scottleesconsulting.com check out surfandsales.com if and when we're ever able to bring that back I, yeah, I, the timing was good on that yeah. huh well I, I, we snuck it in before yeah. you know shit got too, too crazy obviously not at all focused on it happening, you know, later on this year, but at some point in time, 
um, you know, that'll be fun to kind of, to kind of bring back. I run a podcast with Richard Harris, Serpent Tales podcast. Uh, Justin Welsh and I are doing Thursday night sales every single Thursday from seven to eight thirty PM central time. Just a big group, you know, zoom happy hour Q and a, we had over a hundred people last time. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to be as visible as I can do kind of more and more of these virtual events and just, you know, try to be helpful to people any way that I can, man. That was a fun one. My biggest takeaway from this was when Scott talked about motivation and that not being the problem right now. And his belief is that salespeople are more motivated than they've ever been because they don't want to lose their job. And as a sales leader, we need to lead from a place of trust and support is huge. I thought that was really awesome and really great insight. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Really appreciate you listening to the show. And one thing that would really help the show out is to leave an honest review on iTunes about what you think, which you can do at blissfulprospecting.com slash podcast, or search for the podcast on iTunes, leave a short, quick review so we can continue getting more guests on like Scott. And I'd love to hear from you. What are you doing to stay motivated right now? And we'll see you next time.